After days of speculation, the Seahawks finally have reports surfacing that they're going to be trying to interview former Titans coach Mike Vrabel. Is he the right fit to replace Pete Carroll? We're going to be breaking it all down on our Thursday edition of Locked On Seahawks. You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings 12, this is Corbin Smith, host of the Locked On Seahawks podcast, your daily Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Glad to be joined here for our Thursday episode by my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. And a special thanks to each and every one of the 12s out there. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it, whether you're listening in from nearby Snoqualmie or down in Miami, Florida, just a couple hours from where I'm at. We Greatly appreciate each and every one of you. The Seahawks have a new candidate that may be throwing his hat into the ring to replace Pete Carroll. We'll be diving into the fit for Mike Vrabel to continue his coaching career in Seattle. Plus an in-depth look at Bobby Slowick, the rising offensive coordinator for the Texans, as well as Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator for the Raiders, two coaches who have been linked to the Seahawks for interview request. It's a coach frenzy here on our Thursday show brought to your way by prize picks the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports go to prizepicks.com slash locked on nfl and use the code all lowercase locked in nfl for a first deposit match up to 100 now for your lead story here on our thursday edition of locked on seahawks over the past several days the seahawks have started their interview process with a number of candidates to replace pete carroll and there's been a name that's kind of been sitting in the peripheral a little bit that had not been officially linked to the team until today, and that is former Titans coach Mike Vrabel. He was let go by Tennessee earlier this month after another disappointing season in Nashville. But, Rob, we're talking about a coach that in his first four years with the Titans won at least nine games every year, three playoff appearances, one berth into the AFC Championship game in 2019. The Titans were one of the staple teams in the AFC in his first four years this is a very good football coach that commands respect and his players, the Seahawks will tell you this from playing against the Titans late in the season, even when they were out of the playoff race and had a bunch of injured players, he gets his guys ready to play. They go to bat for him and he's got a relationship with John Schneider as well. So it's not surprising that Adam Schefter of ESPN is linking these two parties together as a potential match to replace Pete Carroll. Yeah, I think there's an awful lot of um, uh, awful lot of similarities between Pete Carroll, the defensive minded coach, of course, and, and Mike Vrabel. Um, uh, you know, it, it's easy to look into the future and see Mike Vrabel as being a highly successful coach in the NFL again. Uh, you know, six seasons with the Tennessee Titans, he finished up with a 54 and 45 overall record, as those of you who are watching on YouTube can see. He made the playoffs three of the 
those six seasons, Corbin, and all of them, they made the playoffs. He had Ryan Tannehill at the quarterback position. Now, you know, I'll, I'll let our own listeners and viewers, and thank you as always uh, for all of your support. I'll, I'll let you decide for yourselves where you view the quarterback, Mike Tannehill, or excuse me, the, the quarterback um, for the, the, the Tennessee Titans during that time, Ryan Tannehill, in, in terms of where you would personally rank him. Um, and did he get much, uh, you know, much uh, quality play at the quarterback position to help push the Tennessee Titans to the playoffs. I think that many people, certainly a lot of Seahawks fans would argue that what the Seahawks currently have in Geno Smith might be an upgrade over what that Tannehill was able to provide the Titans during that time. So again, considering what you just said a moment ago, sir, that the way that the Titans played under Vrabel, even when they were struggling with losses, even when they had a rookie, um, the, this past season and the, the, the strong arm Kentucky quarterback, Will Levis, uh, the Titans still were a formidable foe that they, they were a team that you had to absolutely beat. And, and that's the thing is that I think there's a lot of people out there who are just thinking, Hey, this is easy. Hire Mike Vrabel. You're back in the playoffs this upcoming season. And so that to me opens up a whole different conversation. It's not just about Mike Vrabel. It really is a conversation about should the Seahawks be focusing in on a head coaching candidate who already has experience as a head coach at the NFL level, or should they be going for a new caliber of a play of, of a, of a head coach, somebody who does not have that head coaching experience, like so many of the coordinators that we've been having this conversation about here for the last couple of days. If anything can be said, looking at the nine candidates now that have been linked to the Seahawks for reported interviews, now including Mike Vrabel, the idea that they are casting a wide net, they are living up to that because you've got several former head coaches like Vrabel, Dan Quinn, Raheem Morris that are on that short list. And then you've got several of these up and coming coordinators that have not been a head coach at any level. Your Ben Johnson's and Bobby Slokes of the world. So they are looking at offensive minds. They're looking at defensive minds. They're looking at grizzled veterans that have been head coaches in the NFL. And some of them have had great success. I mean, those first four years that Mike Vrabel had, you have to remember, Rob and our listeners, that the Titans had been terrible for close to a decade before Mike Vrabel came in. They were in chronic rebuild and he turned that team into a contender in the AFC. They were one game away from the Super Bowl in 2019 as a wild card team that year. His teams always seemed to bring it. They were physical. The Seahawks still got to see that late this year when they barely hung on in Nashville. This is a team that's had a lot of personnel issues. They've had injury issues. And I don't think that Mike Vrabel's completely exempt from blame in that regard. He struggled at times to develop replace, replacement players in Tennessee the last few years. So I think if there's a red flag with him, that would be the thing that would scare you. At the same time, when he had a veteran with a lot of really good veterans, uh, we had a roster with a lot of really good veterans in Tennessee that team was as good as anybody in the AFC. They upset the Ravens the year they went to the conference championship game. They had the Chiefs on the brink for a half in that game. He always got the most that he could out of his team, even when they had a diminished in talent the last couple of years. It just didn't lead to the victories. But I would think Seattle's roster, that that's a ready-made situation. At the same time, 
You've seen what these last couple of years look like. And when you're looking at these young up and comers, you start thinking about the word potential. And you and I have talked about this before. That is a dangerous word with players. It is equally a dangerous word with coaches. We've seen plenty of wizard offensive coordinators, young bucks come into the head coaching role and they weren't ready for it. And then we've seen people like Sean McVay that end up winning Super Bowls and getting to multiple Super Bowls. So you don't know what you're going to get necessarily. But if you don't hire that coach, you don't get to see what that upside truly is in the Pacific Northwest. So I do think this is a very interesting uh, dilemma that coaching staffs have to deal with, that front offices have to deal with when you're trying to find that replacement for a coach, especially a 14-year legend like Pete Carroll. You have to weigh and balance the pros and cons when you're looking at these varying degrees of experience and what these guys have done on their resume. And so it certainly creates an interesting dynamic for John Schneider hiring his first coach as Seahawks general manager. It does create an interesting uh, you know, conversation, I think, for John Schneider, because as you just mentioned, I mean, this is the very first time, of course, that John Schneider is going to be hiring a head coach. And I think that the the easy solution here would be to go with a somebody who has that experience. Uh, and again, I, I'm a big fan of Mike Vrabel. I think that he has had a great deal of success, despite the fact that I don't think that he's very often had the most talented team in 54 of those victories. I think that he's had a tough team, a uh, you know a very physical team, uh, a team that plays the kind of ball control that uh, that we Seahawks fans have come to expect throughout the 14 years that Pete Carroll is head coach. So if you just want to kind of go with that low-hanging fruit, so to speak, then I do think that Mike Vrabel is an easy fit here. And again, going back to Tennessee Titans, and I don't want to criticize their personnel department, the decisions that they're made but the reality is that they just have not received a lot of bang for their bucks so to speak with a lot of their top picks that they're superstars now like a derrick henry for example were their superstars five years ago um you know this is a, a franchise that decided to trade away their dynamic wide receiver aj brown and who have struggled to replace him of course, one of the strengths of the Seahawks then and now is that the Seahawks front office under the uh, leadership of John Schneider have done a terrific job of continually adding talent to this team. So again, if you like the way the Seahawks have played, including the you know Super Bowl trophy that they host um, at Lumen Field, then I think that uh, that the Mike Vrabel would be an, an excellent addition to this team because I think that he is going to do a lot of the same things that we, that Pete Carroll did. He is going to coach with passion. He is going to prioritize culture. Again, the the owner Jody Allen prioritized that, or at least according to to John Schneider. I think that uh, again, speaking about John Schneider and his press conference, um, you know, he kind of mentioned that there was some real competitive element to lining up these interviews with with uh, potential head coaching candidates. Maybe John Schneider's kind of slow playing this rope-a-dope in this a little bit by going for all those offensive and defensive coordinators and just kind of leaving a guy like uh, you know, Mike Vrabel out there. He just completed his first interview, at least if the media reports are to be trusted, his first interview with the Los Angeles Chargers. So clearly he has some interest in coming out to the West Coast. That had been some speculation out there that maybe he wouldn't be willing to do that. I, I Kudos to the Seahawks. I, I think that Mike Vrabel 
will absolutely should be among the, the three or four candidates that the Seahawks are zeroing in on at this point. I think that he would be a terrific fit. I'm intrigued by some of the other candidates, but I think from a, you know, a Seattle perspective, I think that it'd be easy to get behind Mike Vrabel and expect a return to the playoffs a season from now if Vrabel is, in fact, Seahawks coach moving forward. Once we know when he is scheduled to have an interview, obviously that's something we will relay here on the show. At this point, we don't know when that is going to happen, but there are multiple reports out there, and it was speculated earlier in the week that the Seahawks wanted to meet with Mike Vrabel. I expect that's going to be happening by the beginning of next week. They're going to keep him on the West Coast, see if they can have him as one of their front runners for this job, maybe potentially get the job at some point in the near future. And I'm sure we'll be talking more about him with our in-depth coaching profile, but we got two others to talk about today. And we're going to be starting on the offensive side of the ball with Bobby Slowick of the Houston Texans. And what an impressive first year he's had as the offensive coordinator in Houston. And Oh, by the way, he's prepping for a divisional round game this upcoming weekend. So we've got plenty to talk about with one of those young guns. that The Seahawks are going to be taking a look at to replace Pete Carroll. That'll be coming up next year on our Thursday edition of locked on Seahawks. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Life can be full of twists and turns and throw a few wrenches at you at unexpected times, so it's important to lead yourself through it all and put a focus on your mental health. BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. Therapy has worked wonders for me in the past dealing with family health issues, but don't just take my word for it. Having someone in your corner to guide you when you're struggling to navigate obstacles can be invaluable. This isn't a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online and available to people worldwide with therapy it can take a few tries to find the right fit for you and better help is a great way to invest in yourself BetterHelp is a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. You're listening to the Thursday edition of Locked on Seahawks. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined for today's show by my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. And a special thanks to each and every one of the 12s out there. Thank you for making Locked on Seahawks your first lesson five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. The Seahawks conducting interviews now as we speak. They had at least one today that has been reported. We now know that Ben Johnson's going to be talking to them on Saturday, one of the coaches we have broken down on an earlier episode this week. We're going to stick with another one of those young gun offensive coordinators here on today's show, taking a more in-depth deep dive at a coordinator that, quite frankly, is getting a lot of buzz from fans. We know a lot of our listeners have been mentioning Bobby Slowick with the Texans, and why not, Rob? Look at what he's done in his first season as an offensive coordinator at the NFL level. He's got a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud, who's thrown 23 touchdowns and just five interceptions in the top 10 in passing yards. And this is an offense that was dead last in the league in turnovers. And that is a category that you want to be near the bottom. They were 32nd with just 14 turnovers the entire season. The run game might not have been overly impressive, but seventh in passing offense, they didn't turn the ball over. They don't beat themselves and they've had some injuries. He's had to adapt, and maybe that's the most impressive part of a 36-year-old coach being able to make those adjustments on the fly with a team that already, on paper, did not have as much talent as some of the other teams that they outperformed this year. 
Yeah, I love that you mentioned the injuries. I'm going to just kind of slide over to that comment here just for a moment. Uh, Corbin, they had injuries at the quarterback position, running back position, wide receiver, and all along the offensive line. And yet here the Houston Texans are a, a year removed from finishing the NFL season with the worst record in, in all of football and, and yet are now in the playoffs and, and playing very well. And certainly, um, you know, the head coach, D'Amico Ryans, the, the star rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud deserve an awful lot of credit for that, but at the same time, Bobby Slowick absolutely deserves a great deal of, of credit uh, as well, and you know, I, I touted Raheem Morris, currently the defensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Rams in a previous show, and one of the reasons why I was really high on Morris is the fact that he is not just a defensive coordinator. He had previous experience uh, coaching on the offensive side of the ball. Yep. That to me is one of the things that's most intriguing about Bobby Slovak. I mean, he's only 36 years old, but at the same time, and in 36 and in his first season as offensive coordinator, but he's been coaching in the NFL now for 12 years. And when he first jumped into the NFL with the then Washington Washington squad, now of course known as the Commanders, he was on the defensive side of the ball. And maybe there was a little bit of, uh, you know, just working under his father, Bob Sloak, who was a defensive coordinator for four different teams in the NFL during that time, under Mike Shanahan. And he has since gone on to coach under Kyle Shanahan, of course, now at the San Francisco 49ers. He coached under Mike McCarthy, who I thought it was interesting that John Schneider name-dropped a couple of times unprompted throughout his press conference a couple of days ago. Uh, to me, what is really interesting about this is this is a very much a departure from the man that we talked about just a couple of moments ago and Mike Vrabel, who some will say, oh, he's just another retread. And oh, by the way, so was Bill Belichick. So was Pete Carroll, et cetera, et cetera. But if you want that kind of that new young buck, that new young gun, as you said, that child prodigy, then Bobby Slook might be that kind of a guy. And if you want an offense that is built more around the passing game, but yet still has those kind of classic West Coast fundamentals that Mike Shanahan, that Kyle Shanahan have had so much success and uh, you know, in, in the past, then I think that Bobby Sloak is somebody that, that Seahawks fans should be getting themselves familiar with um, just because of the fact that his success uh, speaks volumes around the NFL. There are clubs all throughout the league who are lining up to interview this young man. Some of our listeners are going to see the previous uh, guide or graphic that I had up, and it shows that the Texans finished 22nd in rushing yards. And they're going to say, that's not a Kyle Shanahan apprentice, but this is not a team that was built to run the football very well this year. They have question marks of the running back position. Devin Singletary is a fine back, but he's not going to be viewed as a top 10 runner. And this offensive line had question marks both in pass protection and run blocking as a unit coming into this season. So I don't think anybody expected this was going to be a team that was going to be a top running team. But you can see the influence from Kyle Shanahan when you look at the personnel and formation usage. The Texans were fourth this year running 21 personnel with two backs in the field, 23.4% of the time. So almost a quarter of their offensive plays. That has been a trademark for Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel, who learned under Kyle Shanahan. That Shanahan system, they still like to run those two-back plays as much as anybody. Didn't have any 13 personnel usage this year. Not a ton of multi-tight end sets, but you'll see a lot of 11 personnel. you see a lot of 21 and 22 personnel. 
they are going to use a lot of multi running back sets and a lot of under center as well. Second in the NFL in I formation usage, which again, that goes back to that Shanahan coaching tree. So the run game wasn't something they could lean on as much in Houston this year because of the personnel that they have and the lack of talent to be able to do so. But I think if you put him with a roster that has Ken Walker the third and Zach Charbonnet running the football, and he can find a way to continue improving that offensive line, that absolutely Bobby Slowick would be like Kyle Shanahan, and they would try to build their offense around the run game and play-action passing game. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I mean, that was one of the things that really struck me as far as Bobby Slocan. He kind of talked about how, you know, that, uh, you know, I, I've watched a bunch of his press conferences. And one of the things that he talked about is, is just how he was focusing on the players that the Houston Texans have rather than the plays that he has in his own playbook. And he just recognizes where the, the unique talent was on this current Texans roster. And again, it's, it's the quarterback position cj stroud it's the fact that they have a a big play big wide receiver and nico collins they have one of the absolute most dynamic rookie wide receivers tank dell he, again he went down with injury a couple uh, about a month ago and yet the houston texans offense has still kept humming and you mentioned the the, you know, the running back devin singletary i mean he's kind of a, a smaller guy um even smaller than kenneth walker the third they have another pounding back in damian pierce who was one of the offensive rookie of the year candidates two seasons ago. That to me is one of the things that is actually most intriguing about the Houston Texans is they did have kind of a two headed monster at the running back position, similar to the Seahawks. And so I do think that it might be a kind of a hand in glove fit here where you have a head coach, candidate at least in Bobby Slook, who does have some experience using a very big, physically imposing type of a wide receiver and Nico Collins is very similar in some ways to DK Metcalf. He's got a dynamic speed threat, which Tyler Lockett has proven over his career to be um, again in the aforementioned tank Dell. And again, this, this kind of multiple running back look and, you mentioned one of the statistics that to me is most incredible about the success that the Houston Texans have had. The fact that they were last in the NFL in offensive turnovers. The fact that they don't have a run-heavy offense, that it is more based on the passing game with a rookie quarterback and yet finished last in the NFL in turnovers themselves really is a testament to the, the type of play calling that Bobby Sloak had for the Houston Texans this past season. So again, to me, the, the easiest way to get better in the NFL is just don't turn the, just don't turn over the damn football. And nobody did that better than Bobby Sloak in the Houston Texans this past season. He does feel like one of those coaches who is very much on the rise. And so if the Seahawks are in fact going to be making a complete rebuild, then I, a head coach that has the, uh, you know, the upside that a Bobby Sloak has might make an awful lot of sense. And I think the other thing that's worth noting here, you, you mentioned the turnovers. A lot of people are going to say, yeah, that's just good fortune. And obviously that goes into it. And sometimes you look at it from a defensive standpoint. When you get a bunch of turnovers, good fortune falls your way. But it also is a sign of great coaching and a great disciplined unit. And I think you watch the Houston Texans, what they did to the Cleveland Browns last weekend. You are seeing a team all the way around on both sides of the ball and special teams. They are well coached and they play with great fundamentals. 
You want to have head coaches that are able to be teachers first and foremost. And even though he's only 36, he has been in the league for a long time. So Bobby Slowick, he may be beyond his years in that sense, which makes him an intriguing candidate for the Seahawks that they are expected to interview here in the near future. Coming up next, we're going to shift over to another one of Seattle's prospective candidates on the defensive side of the football. Another coach who's been around the bell a few times with a number of teams, a Bill Belichick disciple. That'll be coming up next year on a Thursday edition of Locked On Seahawks. This episode is brought your way by LinkedIn Jobs. If you're hiring for a small business, you want to make sure you have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview, and that's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team, and they make it fast and free. When I was a site manager, LinkedIn Jobs was my go-to to post writing positions to get top candidates, and the process was super easy and seamless. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. In fact, hiring is so easy that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing a number of hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, it's quick, it's easy. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is also brought your way by Game Time. If you've ever been in the hunt for sports or concert tickets at the last minute, the process can be anxiety-provoking. But buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your favorite sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets, and with their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and get hyped for the fun you're going to have. If you want to see the Kraken in downtown Seattle, I don't think that they can lose at this point. Using Game Time's awesome flash deals feature and a detailed stadium map, you can find awesome seats for under $125 right now, and it's super easy. Forget about planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event, and with the Game Time guarantee, you'll always get the best price. If you've got tickets in the same section and row for less elsewhere, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Again, create an account, redeem the code Locked On for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. You're listening to the Thursday edition of Locked On Seahawks. This is your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined, as always, by my trusty co-host in crime, Rob Rang. A special thanks to each and every one of the 12s out there. Thank you for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. As we continue to dive into all the reported interview candidates to replace Pete Carroll in Seattle, it is time to go back to the defensive side of the football. And maybe this is the most intriguing part of all this. They've made it easy for us here on the podcast, John Schneider and company, because we've got four offensive coaches and now five defensive coaches. You're thinking another interview request may come in for an offensive coach. It truly is right split down the middle. And we get a chance to talk about one of the hotter names in this head coaching cycle coming from the Raiders, defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. And this guy's been around the block for a while. He spent seven years in New England as an assistant coach under Bill Belichick. He coached linebackers and defensive line, two areas of strength during the dynasty years for the New England Patriots. 
had a couple really good years as a defensive coordinator with the Giants and Raiders. There's been some bumpy seasons thrown in there as well, but this is a guy that has a little different makeup than you expect to see from a Belichick disciple, and players seem to flock to him. Look no further than what happened this year after Josh McDaniels got fired midseason. This defense rallied around Patrick Graham, and six of their last nine games, they gave up fewer than 20 points. That is how you put your name back on the map for a head coaching job, Rob. Yeah, exactly. And think about who plays in the AFC West division. I mean, we, we talked before, we thought that was going to be an absolute arms race in the AFC West. I mean, the Las Vegas Raiders are, of course, playing the Denver Broncos, Kansas City Chiefs, and the Los Angeles Chargers. You know, three of the highest paid and most gifted quarterbacks in all of the NFL, certainly among the most explosive offenses in all of the NFL. And under his guidance, the Las Vegas Raiders turned in a top 10 defense. And so I think you have to give him a lot, a lot of credit. And while he has not served as head coach, he is on his third stop as a defensive coordinator, as you mentioned a moment ago. I mean, he was with the Raiders the last two seasons, with the New York Giants the previous two seasons, and then was the defensive coordinator under Brian Flores in Miami for a year. Brian Flores in Miami, Joe Judge in New York, and then uh, you know Antonio Pierce and previously Josh McDaniels in Las Vegas. Those are all people who were connected to Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. So this is kind of a continu continuation of the so-called Patriot way. And so again, it's kind of like a you know, somewhere in between, between what we were talking about previously with Mike Vrabel and certainly a defensive minded head coach who has some experience, but then a guy here who is about to turn 45 years old next week, actually on a Wednesday specifically. So, hey, you know, happy early birthday to Patrick Graham, um, you know, but I, I think that it, it's somebody who has some experience as a as a coach and he worked his way to get into this position. Seven years he was working at the college level before Bill Belichick brought him up to to serve as a defensive assistant. Um, and then again, has worked his way up now 20, almost 20 years in the NFL and the, the fact that he has had success everywhere that he has gone, he's coached every level of the defense, especially focusing in on the front seven, where let's be real, the Seahawks have an awful lot of decisions to make moving forward here with their entire linebacking core, um, the free agents up to this upcoming uh, offseason. And uh, of course, some big decisions to be made along the defensive line. I would argue that their, their best defensive lineman, at least down the stretch, was Leonard Williams, and he is a free agent as well and somebody that of course Graham is going to have some familiarity with there's an awful lot of reasons why I think that Patrick Graham deserves uh you know again a great deal of attention from Seahawks fans he is not one of those uh coaching candidates so I think he's going to get a great deal of attention but he was one of the very first ones at least according to the media reports that the Seahawks reach out to um, and he is he, the Seahawks are far from the only um, team that Patrick Graham has been linked to as well so to me this is one of the very intriguing names one of those under the radar type of names and as someone who has swung and missed over and over again with John Schneider when it comes to the NFL draft prognostication just because there's a lot of people out there who are kind of overlooking Patrick Graham 
when it comes to the Seahawks, that's all the more reason why I think the Seahawks fans should be focusing in on him just because, again, John Schneider, if you expect him to zig, then he zags. And, and Patrick Graham is a is a legitimate coaching candidate out there who has an awful lot of buzz around his name when you talk to the people inside the league, not necessarily people in the media side of the ball. I'm just going to be cutting to the chase here, Rob. We talked so much about Frank Smith yesterday, who is one of my favorite candidates in this entire group that has been linked to the Seahawks. Patrick Graham is the defensive version of Frank Smith for me. He is the guy that, you know, doesn't have a flashy name. I mean, Patrick Graham isn't any, it's not a, you know, it's not a sexy name. No offense to him, but it's not. I mean, this is not a guy that teams are going to be lining up with multiple interviews, trying to rush to hire him. But at the same time, Looking at some of the stuff that I have seen, some of the reports from players, this is a guy, as I said, when Josh McDaniels is gone, the defense rallied around him and Antonio Pierce. And what he was able to do in those last nine games, that was as masterful of a coaching job as you were going to find in the NFL this year. That was a defense that was struggling early on in the season. And there were other reasons behind the scenes. But once you got rid of the head coach and then Antonio Pierce, the defensive guy himself, comes in, Give him some credit, but Patrick Graham had these guys playing ball. They were 13th in the league in sacks, and what's exciting about that, this is not a coach that sent the blitz. They were 29th in the NFL this year in blitz rate. They were 28th in blitz rate versus the pass. They rarely ran stunts, and they didn't sim pressure very much. They were kind of a straightforward defense, and they were able to get the job done, and that defensive line background as well as linebacker, this is a guy that's coached every level of the defense, as you mentioned, that is the kind of guy that I think makes a ton of sense. We talked about with Frank Smith being O-line, run game. He's been a passing game coordinator before. He's coached tight ends. All those different areas of expertise, that is what makes a great head coach, in my opinion. That's part of the equation, and Patrick Graham offers that because he's coached so many different positions. He's coached all over the defense. He has been an associate head coach before with the Giants, and that team had some good players on defense, but they also had some big holes, and they finished ninth in scoring defense in 2020. He's had a few years where his defense has been on the other side, but I think talent has been a big part of that. When he has had quality players to work with, he has had really good defenses. And so, again, this, this guy to me, he is the Frank Smith of the defensive coaches here in the sense that the guy is underappreciated, maybe a Rodney Dangerfield type guy in the defensive coaching circles, but he just brings something different. You're going to get more man coverage. You're going to get some cover zero. You're going to get far fewer blitzes, very straight up, but they're going to do disguising before the snap. I just think there's a lot of intriguing things about Patrick Graham as a candidate. And so he is one of my top candidates, maybe my top four of the nine coaches that have been linked to the Seahawks so far. Oh, I, I 100% agree with you. Uh, if he pulls off the triple Lindy, then yes, I think that he suddenly should become, you know, maybe jump up to the top of the uh, of the Seahawks coaching circle. But um, you know, I, I agree. I think I think the Rodney Dangerfield, uh, you know, analogy here, I think holds true because again, if you were to ask the average Seahawk fan, you know, who would you rather have, a, a Jim Harbaugh, a Mike Vrabel, a Dan Quinn? or a Patrick Graham, I think that Patrick Graham would, would get very few of those votes. But again, kind of reading between the tea leaves and talking to some people out there on the league side rather than the media side, Patrick Graham has got definitely has some buzz to him.
He absolutely does. And he is a coach that is going to be interviewing with the Seahawks here in the next few days. I don't think that a specific date has been reported for him, but certainly the Seahawks are one of several teams. I believe four of the seven teams of vacancies have requested interviews. So fans might not know who he is, but teams certainly do. And you should with the way that he coached up the Raiders at the end of the season and, and bring some different dynamics. And oh, by the way, coming from that Patriots staff, some of those coaches have not fit in well with players you don't hear those kind of things about Patrick Graham he relates well with players he is a well-respected coach you don't have to look any further than what the Raiders did playing as hard as they did for him and Antonio Pierce in the second half last season so he's got a lot of things that he checks off and I certainly think that he will get a close look from John Schneider he could be another one of those coordinators that comes in and ends up wowing in interviews that Maybe comes out of nowhere to get this job. We shall see. As always, you can follow me on X and Threads at Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Rob at Rob Rag. Subscribe and follow Locked on Seahawks on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode. Coming up tomorrow, Blue Friday, we've got more coaching news on the way and going to be diving into some report cards for the first time here looking at the quarterback position. You won't want to miss it. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday night. Go Hawks.